data source. That doesn't tell me it's recording, but hey, we'll go. Hi, good uh, uh, let's go again. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dublin Tech Talks podcast, The New Normal. Today, we have Finn Goulding, who is founder of the Flow Academy. Uh, Finn has been named as one of the top uh, global CIOs and CTOs uh, year on year. He's currently um, focused on executive coaching through challenges of transformation and is co-author of Flow, a handbook for change makers and 12 steps to flow. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing? How's everything? Uh, you know, just uh, getting used to this style of working on a daily basis, uh, becoming very normal, as you say. So. Yes, it's uh, there's nothing new about it anymore. It's the yeah. it's the day to day. Exactly. So um, I, I wanted to have a chat to you today, uh, Finn, just around your your kind of transformation program. Um, you've, you've mentioned on your your, your LinkedIn and another your publication around flow around the, the change curve that people are going on at mm-hmm. the moment. Do you, do you want to give a bit of background about what is flow, who you are and, and kind of what that change curve is? Yeah. Okay. So as you said, um, I've been really in it leadership for quite a long time. And, um, and like a lot of people, they're very much focused on uh, it agility and getting things done quickly and getting faster and faster and faster, you know, at Paddy Power, we're doing multiple releases per day. I mean, you just could not wait to get software out or features and functionality. So a lot of companies do that. They get very focused on IT agility. But I became very interested in the business side because businesses seem to work at a different pace and, and sometimes can't cope with this uh, world of IT, which is full of jargon, et cetera. So I started to create something that talked about how work flowed through an organization and getting the business much more involved in business agility. And from that, you know, I've kind of looked at helping companies now in my own company um, through some consultancy work to get their businesses much more agile, much more connected to IT and getting them to deliver much faster. But at the same time, that means of becoming, you know, really learning much more about how they function, how they think and what they do and seeing some wastage, shall we say, in getting things lined up for IT teams to deliver at pace. So I kind of think of it, you know, the IT groups can be quite quick and delivering crap fast. So why is it crap? We need to look at this other end and say, right, let's try and get that straightened up and have valuable things go through to delivery. Okay. And, and obviously businesses needs from January, February have altered significantly to back end of March, April, May, June. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned in your in, in the leadership change curve around you know the processes and, and the the effects this is having on businesses and you, you mentioned as well around you know in the last 48 hours from your first article around Airbnb virgin uber laying off thousands of staff Air linked like there's so much cost rationalization going on yeah you know what what are your thoughts on where businesses are obviously size will matter you know more agile businesses can change quicker um, and yeah. oil tankers take longer to turn um you know wh- wh- where are people at at the moment and around transformation business-wise and program-wise what what effects has this taken well i think what we find in our organization that's why i end up working with ceos and leadership teams different companies around the world um is really they've been trying to transform or doing transformation programs for some time and, and failing and really not understanding why they're not delivering and they end up with very expensive consultants you know spending millions and really not moving forward 
And usually it's because they need to change. Something's wrong. They're not gaining the kind of market share that they want, or they're being disrupted by smaller companies. So what I did in the leadership change curve diagram, which hopefully we'll be able to share with this for people to see, um, is that, that actually this COVID thing has been a massive disruption. It's kind of like, it's coming, it's very obvious. It's, it's put businesses off kilter. Whereas they were already being disrupted. They, these businesses were already trying to transform, but not doing it very well. And they had time. I think what we're seeing now is that they don't have time. Some of those companies, particularly in the sectors which are at most risk, are having to protect their cash. They're having to hunker down, you know, until they can come back again. And uh, we're seeing that in, in a number of areas. The, the unfortunate thing is that that then has a knock-on effect to their ecosystem. So then there are other suppliers or organizations which are plugged in and which are no longer able to um, gain from you know, their growth because their growth has gone away. So companies that are adjacent, they're also going to have the same problems. And you've probably seen some of that in the recruitment space, you know, so. Yeah, you know, you, you, lots of changes have happened. Like you, you look at probably businesses that you would have felt were stable. Um, and that old adage of you're only two months away from, you know, from poverty, you know, if you don't get paid after three, for two or three months, you, you're, you're in a different situation. Uh, I've seen that in a lot of businesses in, in the services. I wouldn't just take recruitment in a lot of the services businesses where you're relying on a, you know, the, the, the workflow to work, the, the payment models to work. And usually the, the businesses that are service-based are the last to get paid or not paid at all. So, you yeah. know, the reliance on month-on-month invoicing is, 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 is probably the biggest learning. I think I personally, from talking to people, will take from that business kind of the, the forecasting side of business or even the continuity planning of a business was nearly forgotten about. Um, and that might come into a part of your, your the difference between what your business agility to, you know, IT agile, you know, it's a, it's a different mindset that I think people forgot about. Yeah, I think so. I think they, they traditionally underinvested in innovation, product development, new ideas, etc. cetera, um, really exploited their current model as much as they can. Yeah. Um, and when it becomes your only business, there is, there's no other things you can do, then you're, you're really under pressure. And you see that obviously some organizations are very much they prime on one particular thing, but they're not looking to the future. They're not exploring and what should I actually do? And they seem to have lost the ability to understand how to create new things. It tends to be very much off the back of what's existing. Um, so we're seeing quite a lot of that, but you know, there are, there are winners and losers here. And there's quite a number of businesses that you, as you say, are under, under impact and just, you know, from a, we're doing all this online you know the conferencing world was something that we did a lot of work there and training and education and in fact workshops all, all that's gone away overnight you know it's incredible um but there are other businesses which are going to do well out of this you know so we'll, we'll see some of that as as we go forward the, the startups always move in here is where the ideas come from you know and then the big boys buy the startups and then we move on and and would you say complacency would be a a, a, a you know, a product of not being able to be agile in business or because there's a lot of businesses that have failed have a single product offering and, and not yeah. diversified. You take people who are focused on, you know, restaurants or people who are focused on travel, you know, they haven't diversified what that product is. Would that be a mindset thing around agility or was that just very comfortable in what they do? I think it can be very comfortable. Sometimes they forget that they should be 
you know, as a leadership team, you should be spending half your time worried about the current business and half your time thinking about the new world, you know, what, what could be new business opportunities, um, where they tend to be more looking at acquisition, et cetera. So you see a little bit of that. But complacency, no, I think what companies have got um, is they, maybe they, as they grow very quickly and very big, they add in layers and layers of management and that kind of slows things down and, and leadership really gets into, in, well, gets in the way somewhat. So if you hear that expression, well, we need to get sign off, then your business is probably going to be in trouble because, you know, that's, a, in my opinion, it's a lot of bullshit jobs, a lot of bullshit work. And that comes from the fact that we're layering in all these people that are trying to slow things down. So I think that's how I de really determine business agility is to start free some of that stuff up and trust your people a little bit more that they've got the sense to get things done. You know, they're not going to rip you off. That's just crazy. Yeah, that's the, the, the believe in your partner model, isn't it? It's the yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Tr trust your suppliers. Yeah. Um, you, you, you talk in your leadership change curve and a lot of businesses are on it at the moment and I, I will share it, but for people who might be listening, it's an effectiveness over time uh, curve and it's very much a, a, a flow curve. So yeah. we're in and probably moved away from the denial cash protection side and some people are through work reduction, asset fire sales and other businesses are focused on the future. You know, where do you feel people are at the moment? I'm, I'm kind of how can people prepare nearly for the future? Yeah, I think um, businesses are in different situations on the down curve. They're in different places, I think. I think you're right. Some some companies, I think, are still in denial because they've got cash, you know, but it's burning away. Mm. The workforce reduction tends to be the thing that companies jump to quite quickly. And that worries me because then people are assets, people have got skills, they're innovative. And that starts to create fear in your organization. So things slow down. So I think there are quite a few companies in that space. The asset fire sales, yeah, we see some of that where a business is diversified too much. So they, they're selling certain parts of their organization that's not core anymore. So we see that. We're also seeing some companies that are freeing up cash through work reduction, workforce reduction. In, like to be able to then go and be predatory and buy other organizations. Mm. So you'll see some of that. The, you'll see venture capital companies coming in as well. They realize that this could be a one or two year thing. So they'll invest in a company that's perhaps on the way down, buy it really cheap, got a great brand, and then tuck it away until they can regrow it again in a couple of years time. So you'll see some of that. Um, and so there's a lot of turmoil going on right now. And um, as I say, I think most companies are in different parts of the down curve. And, and yeah, so turmoil, that's always a good area for, for people to either grow or freak out and leave. Um, as a leader, and you, I, I posted, I don't know if you read anything I post, but the Airbnb guy and the CEO there, you know, his letter to his employees was excellent. I, you know, it's the, the compassion, the, yeah. you know, the authenticity of what he was saying in that letter was, it was great to see, but you know, for a business that probably people thought was quite agile and, you know, good, it, it was pr probably, you know, overstocked with people. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, how as a leadership team should they go about effectively looking at changing their business model or even changing internal habits? Yeah, it's, it's really hard when you've got <clears throat> a business model that's um, so determined on, you know, having people travel and, and people buy your your services and, and that's kind of where they've kind of they kind of got stuck in terms of well what could they move towards because I mean as a business we, we thought they were fantastic as you say I mean um, 
their kind of uh, ecosystem model where they've linked in other businesses is fantastic. Um, and in fact, I saw that same workforce reduction and I also saw people commenting from Airbnb saying, well, why don't they keep us to try and invent that new thing? What, what is it that could uh, change uh, um, our business model into something that's, that's more sustainable? Um, what that would be, I don't know, but um, what we'll see is rising from the ashes, there'll be something. But right now, I think they're just very much in this sort of cash protection phase. And, I mean, I think people will go back to traveling at some point and people will go back to, you know, um, having uh, holidays, etc. So at least that's, that's what they're hoping and what it'll look like. I don't know. It'll be a smaller model, I think. And, and how should businesses then, like, if you're in a, you know, you're at the, the down curve and you're, you're looking at something different, you know, how, how would you go about or suggest a business to look at their kind of business remodeling? What would be the, the kind of four or five main things you should focus on to, to be yeah. better? So we, what we've done is we've helped a couple of companies in the past who've been suffering from massive disruption in their marketplace. Um, and a lot of companies talk about customers, you know, putting the customer at the center of everything. That's kind of weasel words. You know, that's for us, you know, I don't think a lot of organizations really understand their customers or have even met their customers, probably only in during some sort of bad phase rather than a good phase. But really getting to understand what success looks like for your customer is important. What do they want? What do they like, etc. We also find that companies have got assets that they're not using. They've, they've built things, prototypes. They've, they've got people with skills or they've done research that they're not actually using. They, they, it's been thrown away. And we, we often find that we can actually bring those assets back out and allow them to start doing some small test and learn type stuff. You know, a startup, for instance, if they're going to build a product or service, don't actually build it. I mean, they might put out their web page that says, click on this if you're interested in buying this and you put your email address in. And there's nothing behind it. It's just to see how many people would click on it. So if thousands of people click on that thing. I think we should go and build it sort of thing. And with large organizations don't do as much test and learn um, as they used to. They're very much into spending months and months and months and months creating something that they'll go and build and therefore it could actually fail afterwards. So we try and, we try and get organizations to think about how they can do much more targeted innovation. And then we say to them, okay, are there businesses that you're connected to that you can jointly partner with to create a bigger ecosystem? So it's, it's actually having that ability to, to work with others to kind of like spur yourself on. That's what we try and get them to do. And um, we use this, this technique called the lighthouse, which is basically a small project. So don't go off and build like with hundreds of thousands of people, a product or service that could fail. Just get four or five people together um, and start trying out different um, potential products or services. And the ones that stick are the ones that you go ahead and start to, to build out. And the successful businesses you've worked with or seen over the last while, what, what have they not forgo in their spend what, what do they concentrate heavily on to ensure success i know yeah, not every business is the same but you know what would yeah. be your kind of tier one spend your tier two spend and then you're kind of that's a nice to have but let's look at that in six months yeah i think um the the, the companies that really are um, able to rise to the challenge are constantly in reinventing themselves they're constantly looking at new opportunities they're constantly we call it remodeling their business. So they've got a particular business model. They don't sit on that and just say, right, I'm going to keep with that forever. They start to look for new business models for their entire organization. The lazy way is, of course, just to buy other businesses. You, know, you kind of see that a lot. So that's, that's what the big boys do. They'll 
but but it could be that um, if they had invested a little bit more in their own innovation management, their own value management, in other words, what I mean by that is that um, we see companies with hundreds of projects, but none of them are really that valuable. I mean, there are, a lot of them are designed to keep people busy. The executives are too far away from the portfolio of work to realize that company, their company's working on stuff that's not really going to take them forward. So it's like we try and get them to look at that. So it's it's really starting to do things at a smaller scale before you go big scale, rather than we see a lot of the, the companies under pressure have got hundreds of people working on something that may not be successful. And moving on then from the kind of, I know in a few businesses you've seen that they're trying to create something they're not. Um, and one thing I've always kind of the last few years learned a lot about is, you know, be very good at what you are. And yeah. once you're very good at what you are, then look at something different. Do you think that will become the new normal for businesses of, you know, get very good at what we are and then start looking around or will they start looking around first and maintain? I think it's a balance of the two. I mean, I think you have to be good at your core business for sure, but you need to be really exploring for new opportunities to continue on. So it's, it's kind of a balance of the two. Um, and being good at what you are also means not copying other companies, you know, trying to be like them. There's no point in trying to be like a startup. You know, um, we saw this because a lot of big companies were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got very agile practices. And, you know, people can work from home and that. But that was bull. In fact, the, the first couple of weeks of this disruption was, you know, um, IT people running around trying to get laptops for people to work at home. They, it was just a fallacy. I mean, there's so much that, that people talk about, about um, their organization being agile. But when it came down to it, they just weren't, you know. And this yeah. is the business, right? So... There's some great work done by technologists to get people working from home. But we'd already thought a lot of these companies had that infrastructure in place, but they didn't. You know, so. Yeah, I say if you, if you ask many CEOs, did they do um, a fire test 12 months ago, you know, yeah. or a capability survey around 12 months ago? Was there a, yeah, no, was it done what, or did they even think about it? Exactly. I was a, C, I was a CIO of a company just a few years ago, and I won't say who it was, but you know, I had to really convince them to put in enough um, infrastructure for two and a half thousand people to work at home. I bet they're thanking me now because yeah. We, yeah, we did it then, you know, and, um, but at the time you quite, you're often nickel and dimed that the organizations that say, well, the likelihood of that happening is kind of low. So we don't want to invest now, but in reality, um, you should really trust your, your experts to guide you. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to the trust word in a minute. Um, I was speaking to a, a, a business, a, a very large scale Irish well-known business, and they actually did a fire test 18 months ago. Um, and they did, they checked the capabilities of everybody remote working, their core business to how we, we can survive. And, and they ran through it 18 months ago. It was, a, it was an actual pandemic test. Um, and they, they said they learned so much over it, but it took 12 months for them to fix the problems that they found, you know? So yeah. you can only imagine what clusters are on mm. things at the moment and, and when yeah. that can get going again. Well, IT infrastructure is seen as a cost, <clears throat> you know, as rather than being valuable. And, and it's, it's, it's forced down in, in cost every year, um, trying to get 10% reduction every year. Mm. And in fact, it's, it's something that's not invested in. And there's some really, really creaky old technology out there. You know, it really, really is old. And it's, it's been shown right now that it's, it's, you know, it's that under investments coming back to bite these companies, you know? Yeah. And there's a whole nother talk around under investment in security and, and all that kind of stuff that, that 
people yeah. probably went, no, I don't want to hear about it yet. Just, just keep working. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you mentioned trust, and, and, and it's something we'll kind of finish up on. The, the leadership side of the new normal and how people will have to manage people going forward. Like, no, I, I'm a big, I don't think people will go back to a five-day week in an office. I, I don't think offices will want people there five days a week. And that's going to be a big challenge for a lot of senior management in, you know, not enterprise businesses, but traditional businesses. Um, especially in IT where you know they're seen as flexible but they, they love seeing everybody in the office um, you know how as a leader or as a, as, a, as a group of a leadership function will they have to change and how difficult do you think will it be I think it will be difficult because of the ingrained nature of some of this with some teams and some personalities and types of people you know the the micromanagement side of, of what you're talking about and presenteeism is, has been around for years. And I think those leaders are struggling right now. And in fact, the, the my business partner, Hayden Shaughnessy and myself, we talked about this uh, recently where we were looking at how leaders could find new purpose in this new world because you know they're gonna be, as you say, they won't be able to see everybody at their desks. They're gonna have to trust them that they're working. But their, their job is gonna be to lay this path to the new future or at least get the blockers out of the way like i said before they shouldn't be you know putting sign-off processes in place or you know some of this procurement stuff that takes three or four months i mean if you've got organizations that are operating within those models i mean they're going to really struggle you know so trust is trusting in the people but also to be able to change some of these processes to be able to say right we're going to throw that away it was it was onerous it slowed us down it made us ponderous that's the thing they're going to need to do um, and so there is also this kind of right, how do we get to this new world, this new, how can we remodel our organization and how do we do that as an invested way of working rather than seeing it as a cost? Yeah. And I, do you think innovation will suffer? Because uh, I spoke to a couple of people on this already and they, they said, you know, it, it can still happen, you know, very easily in a remote, nearly sometimes easier on remote functions. But do you think leadership will stifle it and go let's maintain what we're good at or do you think it's a it's a great opportunity for for innovation to happen well, i think and again this is where you know, my colleague hayden's an expert on this but you know it's like um uh yeah the, the innovation gets stifled because it's seen as a cost that that cost is something that you know the cash protection we talked about on the down curve um <clears throat> but if you look back in uh, 2008 when we had a you know, previous crisis think about the number of startups that came out of that and also in previous crises, the startups and the companies you're talking about are coming from those 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 areas, and they see an opportunity. <clears throat> Where others see problems, they see opportunities, and that's what we'll see is we'll, you know, <clears throat> we'll see a lot of startups filling the gaps, and um, eventually, you know, they they might get bought up by the big companies. But it'd be far better if you are an organisation yourself and you could um, emulate what they do, which is to you know actually do a small amount of testing and learning with understanding what your customers need and what they're, what they're looking for and fill those gaps yourselves. But I do feel that that cost versus value is the thing that's going to be the, the driver at the moment, that the cost is going to be the thing that they're going to be protecting. Okay, brilliant. Um, final thing, I'll let yeah. you go after this. Um, top tips or your top tip for an organization mm -hmm. or a leader for the next two or three months, what, what should they focus on if you were sitting with somebody now and you'd go i'll come back to you in a couple of months and, and we'll see how yeah. you got on with this what would you what would your homework be for somebody 
or an that's organization. Good, that's a good point. Um, we, we've been thinking about this a lot. So, and it's not much different to what we've been talking about for quite some time um, in the methodology that we work with, you know, which is with organizations to say to them, well, you know, what, what is it that you're, you're currently working on and is it valuable to where you're going to? So it's a case of like freeing up resources and assets to work on, you know, building new stuff, um, remodeling your organization. So, I mean, first of all, I think that's, for me, it's, it's getting that kind of, um, uh, <clears throat> those resources lined up to be able to work um, on something new. But I think it's also the fact that um, the companies themselves you know, there's a lot of leaders going to need to learn how to trust their individuals. They really are going to have to think about the culture of where they are right now. They're going to need to be able to communicate on a different level. They're going to have to, you know, become that, um, that group of people that remove all the blockers and issues to allow people to be free. Um, but also they've got to make sure that people are not feeling stressed by this. You know, the thing about this cash protection and workforce reduction, it does make people very nervous at home. And therefore, they may not be performing as, as they should do to, to dig you out, you know. Um, so there's going to be a lot of reinventing leaders themselves to go away from this sitting in meetings, reading reports, actually starting to be, to be more connective, to be connective and collaborative, bring people together, make sure people are working well within your organization, be authentic, you know, really be authentic. All right, brilliant. Thanks, Emil, for your time today, Finn. Um, I will post all your contact details and the change curve on, on the post that um, we, we set up. But for today, Finn Gooling, founder, CIO, CTO of the Flow Academy, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you then.